Equality of rights under the law shall not be denied or infringed on the account of sex. Those 16 words can be simplified even further. Time's up. This year, Delaware made history when its General Assembly passed an Equal Rights Amendment to the state constitution. This fight for equal rights is over a century in the making. To understand how we got here, we have to take a look back at the women who laid the groundwork for this current moment. From the Delaware House Democratic Caucus, this is Whip Count. Susan Del Pesco is no stranger to breaking barriers. A trailblazer in her own right, she was the first woman appointed to the Delaware Superior Court. And for the last two years, she's been leading advocacy efforts for the Equal Rights Amendment. Well, the whole issue of women's rights in the United States started to come together as a national effort after Seneca Falls, which was a group of women led by Susan B. Anthony, and they were gathering in 1848 in Seneca Falls, New York, because they wanted to address all the many things that were impediments to full citizenship by women. And the first thing that they attacked in an organized way was the right to vote. And of course, the right to vote didn't, wasn't accomplished in the United States for women until the 19th Amendment passed in 1920. But before that, there were many states that adopted uh, their own provisions in their states so that women did have the right to vote in, I think, 19 states before it ever came to uh, a right to vote at a national level. So you can't separate the Equal Rights Amendment from this whole progression that took place during the 1900s and, and um, before that, but, but the pivotal one certainly was the right to vote, because a right to vote means a transfer of power. It means people get to express their opinions and therefore having a vote makes them much more influential than when you don't. So that was a big, big step forward, but since then, there have been many, many incremental steps. And probably every woman in Delaware has in one way or another contributed to this effort that's got us to where we are today by simply helping people set aside the stereotypes that existed 100 years ago as to what women could and couldn't do. What are some of the myths that you've kind of seen people say when they talk about the ERA and kind of what is it actually, what, what will it actually do? Well, one of the things that most people don't think about is, is what a constitution is. Why do we have them? Constitutions are sort of operating systems, if you will. They set forth the parameters in terms of how government's going to work, and we have Delaware just like the federal government. We have a legislative and executive and a judicial branch. And so the initial parts of the Constitution that people think about it are, are those, the operating systems. But there's also a statement of the relationship between government and the individual. 
And when the federal constitution was ratified, there was immediately a concern about the fact that there was no statement of the relationship between the federal government and the citizen, and that's how we got the Bill of Rights. The first 10 amendments to the United States Constitution did just that. They spoke about the protection of the citizen. And that's the same kind of relationship we have. Delaware is its own sovereignty. It's a state. And a constitution sets forth the relationship between the state and citizens. So what I think a lot of people don't understand when the Equal Rights Amendment is first discussed, that this is about state action. This is about the state not being allowed to discriminate on the basis of sex. It doesn't mean you can't have private organizations that are male or female. It doesn't mean that you can't have all girls' facilities if they're privately operated. There are lots of things that come to mind, things that people value, and they need to be assured that that's not at risk. But in 1973, when the Equal Rights Amendment was passed at the national level, I'm very proud to say that Republican Governor Russ Peterson was determined that Delaware was going to be the first state. Now, we didn't end up being the first state. We ended up being the third state. But I think it's wonderful that the Republican group in power at that time was fully on board. Delaware ratified the Equal Rights Amendment. Even though Delaware wasn't the first state to ratify the Equal Rights Amendment, the legacy of those women legislators who led the charge for its passage still lives on today. My name is Herb Connor, Herbert. My mother was uh, Louise Connor. She was elected to the Senate in 66, excuse me, in 64, and was then a part of it up through the end of the 72 term, which included the ratification of the Equal Rights Amendment. Without objection, Senate Concurrent Resolution 47 is now before the Senate. Senator Connor. Mr. President, there is a distinct possibility that the Equal Rights Amendment, which has been around in the Congress for some years, a distinct possibility that it will pass the Senate today, having already passed the House. Uh, what we're trying to do here, uh, some of the uh, women uh, in Delaware, is to give this the same treatment that we did the 18-year-old votes, 18-year-old uh, vote amendment to the United States Constitution by being one of the very first states to ratify it. Uh, her senatorial parking sign, which she took with her when she left, they were still very confused about the idea of having a woman in the Senate. And so the people that made the sign wanted to know, did she want to be Senator or Mrs. Connor on the sign? And she sort of said, well, Mrs. Connor, if it just says Mrs. Connor, they won't really, you know, people will take the parking space. They said, oh, well, we'll take care of it. So when it came through, it said Senator Mrs. Louise Connor. And that became just a running joke with her that she was both. So our dinner table was not just a free fire, uh, mom, dad, and four kids, not just a free fire political discussion between the two of them. Um, after a time, the they, Dad would go around the table and expect each of us to have something to say about it by way of, are you paying attention, and so forth. And this led to many remarkable discussions on any of the issues of the day, because from time to time, the two of them were giving each other advice on either a county problem, because my dad was the county executive, or a legislative problem, if it was on my mother's side, and discussing 
the nuances of issues. And I told the story today of my mother helping me set the picnic table in the backyard on a hot summer's day. And I said to her, you know, if the ERA passes, it means women will be drafted. And she's, no, it doesn't mean that. And I was able at the time to recite verbatim the amendment as being offered. And she paused and sort of looked off into space for a moment and said, well, well then, yeah, that should mean that women will get drafted. And maybe that will help America understand what the draft really is. And as someone who myself would be facing the draft in a couple of years, that one hit me like a ton of bricks, that there was my mother realizing that maybe even her attitudes on what ERA really meant needed to change some. Mr. President, uh, I would like to read from the uh, material I have here uh, in relationship to the draft. I would also like to point out that uh, in the state of Delaware, uh, women have become interested in being state troopers and uh, cadets have already been appointed to the city force, uh, women cadets. Uh, if I may read uh, very briefly here, Congress now has the now possesses the power to include women in any conscri uh, conscription, so the Equal Rights Amendment would not affect the power of Congress. However, under the Military Selective Service Act of 1967, only male citizens must register for the draft. The Equal Rights Amendment would require that this law or any subsequent law concerning military and or alternative national service be extended to women equally. All the women would be subje subject for selection on the same basis as men, they would be entitled to the same deferments and, and exemptions as men, and they would receive, receive the same benefits. So I think that uh, this is one of, the, uh, one of the things to be taken into consideration, but uh, as was uh, stated in long discussions on women's place in various police forces, uh, this does not mean that they could not be assigned to special assignments where they would be uniquely qualified. So, um, you know, what is equality? And, you know, I remember citing back to her in a later conversation where that incident came up, well, look at the Israeli army, where women have been in it now since 1946. And uh, so any, any topic was up for discussion in our family life. So here was this woman that could range between the depths of her Methodist Christianity driving her and swing over to how government can help people not only to survive, but then to be better citizens through education, through constructive uh, efforts in job training, through prison reform. Uh, she would follow wherever these paths took her. And of course, up at top of the list, the ERA and this whole idea of uh, bringing women into an equal role. That vote in 1972 was a symbolic victory for Delaware women. But as Judge Del Pesco explains, it wasn't enough. But then it ultimately didn't get the necessary states, didn't get the 38 it needed to be ratified as part of the United States Constitution. And there was so much optimism at the time that it was going to be done, and Delaware was on board so early that I don't know if Delaware ever considered having its own state equal rights amendment. And so it's only recently, only in the last couple of years, that people have realized that it's a very important thing for Delaware to join the other 24 states that already have a state equal rights amendment. Passing the Equal Rights Amendment is a team effort. 
But it wouldn't have gotten this far without the hard work of fearless majority leader Valerie Longhurst. So four years ago, I attended an ERA Now forum where Senator Karen Peterson was on the panel along with a lot of other women. And um, I was it was during legislative session, and I thought I would go over and listen to it because I really didn't know a lot about it. I knew a little bit about equal rights, but I really wanted to understand it more. And I think I was about the only legislator in the audience sat down with my staff and just listened to the conversation and listening to Senator Karen Peterson and her passion and her talking about the Delaware's Constitution and the rights that women don't have. It just, it just a bell went off of my head that how could this possibly in this day and age, how could we possibly still have this going on? And then after it was over, I contacted Senator Peterson and asked her a little bit about what she planned on doing. She told me she was going to draft legislation. I said, well, count me in as a House prime. And it really started from that and inspired by Senator Peterson, who had done a lot of work on it. She did run it. Um, Unfortunately, it failed. And then the next year, I attempted to do it, and it failed again. So Senator Peterson had retired, and I thought, well, I'm going to take it upon myself because I'm going to move this forward for her legacy. And I made it a mission of mine, and we put a lot of communications behind it, and we educated the public, we built an advocacy group, and it just started taking on once we really got out there and explained how it's been now 47 years since we even addressed it in Delaware that we, you know, that today's the time. Listening to the audio from 1972, some of the arguments are, like, we we still hear that today. Did it surprise you that you still had to kind of convince people, like, hey, we need this, like, this is important? Well, it was interesting because when you listen to the audio tape, there was debate about holding it back. Uh, I didn't have any doubt when we came down today that we would be voting on this as the first item of business. I noticed that we seem to get in a horse race psychology to be the first state in every regard. This is an amendment to the United States Constitution, and it's not a frivolous or a routine matter. And I don't think that it's right or it's proper for us to sit down here in 15 minutes with a new amendment, which does make changes with other questions without any chance to consider this, to be asked to rush this through just because it's the thing to do and it's the temper of the times. And I feel that anything this serious, I requested the same thing with a constitutional amendment I proposed be assigned a committee or at least deferred until the next legislative day to give us a chance to consider it to the fullest extent. And people are still kind of um, not 100% on board with it. And some of the debate in the Senate was actually, it was a little bit stronger in the Senate that they wanted to table it, have more time. I was surprised because in the House it pretty much sailed through um, with just a few um, little bumps in the road, which I clarified and put it on record. But when it went over to the Senate, they still had some of those questions. They wanted to put an amendment on the actual bill, but sitting down with um, with a couple Republicans, we worked out some of their their issues, which they just want, wanted clarification on record. So we put it in the Bill of Rights. The compromise was that it applies to only state and local governments, and the other piece is that they wanted to inform the state's decision to support permissible single-sex services or 
programming. So those were two key issues that they wanted clarified. It had failed without that, but with that in there, it gave everybody a comfortability level where they were able to pass it in the Senate. This year will we'll mark the 100th year anniversary of the women's suffrage movement. You could look back and say, we've accomplished a lot, but we still are falling behind on a lot of um, women's issues. And here in Delaware, we took on a lot of women's issues over the last three years, sexual harassment on campus. We've dealt with pay equality where we did sal or wage history, um, taking that out of the application. We've moved forward on a lot of issues, and it's a slow-moving train, but I think this one is just like, this is the train that's like taking off. So it's kind of neat that we've built all these things up to this point and now we can like say we're going to get equal rights in the state of Delaware. Only 24 other states have an equal rights amendment and you know hopefully we can make Delaware 25. Why it took 47 years to at least get 25 states with equal rights I'm not really sure but um, I'm going to be proud to say that Delaware finally got an equal rights amendment. Today we are acting on the final leg of Delaware's Equal Rights Amendment. It has taken us a long time to get to this point. The fight for women's rights and equality has been a constant battle, forged by Delaware women who came before us, speaking out against prejudice and discriminatory treatment. As we've seen in earlier today, we stand on the shoulders of those trailblazing women leaders. Their voices champion the Equal Rights Amendment, even when it wasn't popular, and even when they were met with obstacles. Today, we continue their legacy and their perseverance. Since 1920, the ERA has been introduced and passed several times at the state and federal levels, but has never become law, leaving the United States and the Delaware Constitution without specific equal rights protections for women. So Delaware's equal rights amendment is simple. In fact, it's only 16 words. Equality of rights under the law shall not be denied or abridged on the account of sex. And at this point, Mr. Speaker, I would request that House Bill 1 um, receive a roll call. Clark, please call roll. House Bill 1, 2, 3, 4. Mr. Baldwin. Yes. Mr. Baldwin, yes. Mr. Bennett. Yes. Mr. Bennett, yes. Mr. Bennett. The journey to pass an equal rights amendment in Delaware was difficult and stretched decades. As recently as five years ago, legislators weren't ready to vote it into law. But this year was different. Strong women and men came together to do what is right for Delaware's daughters and granddaughters, for the future generations of our state. Now we can finally say the Equal Rights Amendment is law. Mr. Chair, no, Mr. Speaker. Yes. Mr. Speaker, yes. Mr. Speaker, the roll call reveals 35 yes, six no. Whip Count is brought to you by the Delaware House Democratic Caucus. Follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash DEHouseDems, on Twitter at DEHouseDems, and on Instagram also at DEHouseDems. More episodes are coming, so make sure you're subscribed. 